everyone and welcome to Standing Tall Podcast. My name is Andrea Ventura and I'm here to talk about my life experiences as a model, share tips and advices on how you can become one too, discuss news about diversity in the industry, and so much more. Basically, I am here to remind you all to stand tall. Hello everyone. In today's episode, I got the chance to sit down and interview Dominique Robinson. If you're a petite model, you probably know about her since she's very outspoken in talking about petite models aiding to help break height requirements. Today, I asked her about her modeling journey in full detail. If you're looking for a story that is relatable, this one is it. It took a lot of hard work and doing things that most will be too afraid to do to get Dominique where she's at now. Modeling for brands like CoverGirl, Maybelline, Topshop, Clinique, Abercrombie, and so many more, she tells us what it really takes to be successful in this career. All right, thank you so much for being here on the podcast. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you for having me, of course. Uh, I'm so, so excited to ask you so many questions. I've been following you for um, a while, and your story about how you started and how you got where you are now is one of the most relatable stories that I've found for petite models because you did not get scouted in the street. You did not try just a few agencies and got signed. Um, it was not like an overnight thing. It didn't happen in like two years. Like it took you a lot of hard work to get where you are now. And I, that's why I love your story. Like, I love it. <laughs> and I want people to hear it. And I want, like, the full story from, like, the very, very beginning until, like, where you are now. So, okay. share us the whole, the whole thing. All right. Let's, let's get into it. So, all right. So, I am now 27 years old. And I started modeling probably, I, I'd say 15, 16 is when, like, I had the dreams of wanting to become a model and that like came from watching America's Next Top Model and just like always looking up to Tyra Banks and I think that show just it kind of sparked something in me saying like oh I can do this too and you know growing up I would go do like my high school fashion shows I would you know I'm from New Jersey so I would like travel into the city by bus and just there used to be this website called Model Mayhem yeah I and I used to submit myself all the time and it was just a website where you can work and do like TFP, which is trade for print, or just collab with other photographers, makeup artists, figure out, you know, how you guys can work together. So I would go into the city by bus and like submit myself for these jobs. And then like, that's how I kind of started like, you know, actively doing something besides like being in high school, I would just go into the city and figure it out. And I had my first shoot and I still remember exactly how I looked, the makeup, the team, everything. But um, it wasn't until I actually turned 18 that I was like, okay, I can kind of do something for real. I'm a legal adult now. So I started auditioning for America's Next Top Model. And I auditioned two times when I was in college, my freshman year. And then it wasn't until like Tyra did a season with she did like no height requirement yeah, and that was like the third do you remember that yeah, i remember that one now i I, yeah. it, I saw it and i didn't even realize that i was short 
I was just like, oh, that's cool that there's like no high requirement. But I didn't even think like I was short, you know, because I, I mean, we aren't really sure we're average. So that's the thing about this whole too short thing. So, yeah, so I that's that third time I auditioned. It was she eliminated all heart requirements, no requirement at all. So oh the, I don't know how, but like the casting director at the time for the show, Michelle Mock. They reached out to me and like, they're like, oh, can you fly to LA for this, you know, America's Exxon model audition? Mm -hmm. And like, at the time I'm working at the Marriott, I'm like, I I'm not really making any money. I'm just getting by to pay my bills. I'm a young adult. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I couldn't afford to fly to LA. So like a few of my friends and coworkers, they helped pitch in and got me a flight, figured out I was working for the Marriott. So like, I was able to get a hotel room, like on a discount, mm -hmm. went there on faith, like with no money in my pocket, did the audition. And I kind of got close to like where I would have been on the show, but it didn't happen. Uh -huh. But maybe about a year and a half later, someone like DM'd me from like, this is when DM, by the way, is like new on oh, Instagram. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. you know, you, we didn't really know. Instagram didn't say like, oh, here's a D this is our new feature DM. So it was just like this little weird number in the corner and I clicked it. And then I've had a message from someone I didn't know who's like, your photo screen was black. I'm like, who is this person? And the message said something like, um, you know, I'm working on the secret America's Next Top Model project. Um, can you come to LA, blah, blah, blah. And again, I'm like, I'm broke. I can't get to LA. I don't know how I'm going to get there. Mm -hmm. and I always make a way. I made a way. Um, and it turns out it was like Tyra's beauty line that she launched, Tyra Beauty. Okay. And I had no idea what it was. I get there and like I'm just sitting in this room and I just see this Amazon like walk by. And I'm just like mouth dropped yeah. and I'm just like, oh, sh okay, this is real. Like this isn't a joke anymore. Mm -hmm. So it was like an amazing day because I would say that's probably one of my first like real shoots before like I really started making money off of modeling mm -hmm. so like say you've worked under Tyra and for her and like she handpicked you like that was probably like one of the big best days of my life so yeah that was awesome and then I started you know I came back home and I always had that put in my mind now I'm like okay I have to move to LA like this is just what it is mm -hmm. so I come back home I figure things out one of my friends from college, I saw that she was doing some modeling and I reached out to her and she helped me like get a portfolio set up. By the way, stop me at any point and ask questions because okay. I'm like, this is a very detailed story. No, but it's perfect. Like, <laughs> I, this is what I want because I really want girls to listen to how hard it is and how long it takes. So as many details as possible, I think that's perfect. So people understand. So, so now then we are probably three years into Dominique being an inspiring model. Okay. So like timeline of events. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I hook up with my friend, she sets me up with a photographer and another lady that she was working with who was booking her on like hair jobs and things like that in Manhattan. So I went that route, you know, she introduced me to that, her, her and her name is Bobby Joe. And I, I built my portfolio. I took a, few photos with this guy cliff paid him okay. um anytime you want work for your portfolio unfortunately like not unfortunately but like you have to invest in yourself yeah, it's exactly. just what you do mm -hmm. so no matter how long you have to save this something you want invest in yourself invest in that photographer but yeah so i built my portfolio i started doing hair gigs in the city so like you can still see me if you ever go to like a beauty supply store for like braiding hair or something like you'll see my face on those packages 
but that's how it started. And then I just always wanted more. And then after that trip in LA working with Tyra, mm-hmm. I had made a friend on set that day. And like, we would stay in contact. She lived in California. So she'd just always be like, Hey Dom, just move here. Just move here. And like, just really just like pushing me to go, go, go. And then like, I finally was like fed up with like my life in New Jersey. I was like, you know, not that it was a bad thing, but I had a boyfriend. It was just very, we were just very comfortable with each other. I was working at the Marriott. I was working at Hooters and I was just working, you know, and just doing my modeling here and there. Like it was always my number one priority, but I just felt like it didn't like kick off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. I just made a decision one day and I was just like, I'm moving to LA in like three months. And I literally packed my car up mm-hmm. and I invited a friend to come with me and she at the time was a fitness instructor and was really big on like fitness. So I was like, let's just plan together. Like I wanted that support person with me. So I kind of like, you know, I persuaded her to come and I was like, look, I'll be your guinea pig. You'll be my fitness instructor. Like we can do this thing together in LA. Like I got you, you got me. Mm -hmm. That's all we need right now. Like we're good. Mm -hmm. So she was down and we packed our car, my car, and we took a road trip to California and we, we did it in five days. And like, we went there not like, not having a place to live, like no house. I wouldn't recommend this for anybody, but I figured it out. Yeah, but yeah, but you, you were committed to like making it happen. Making it happen. I knew what I was going there for. I was like very focused. Like what I just had that. Yeah, I mean, that focus. takes guts. Like it takes guts. So I, it's a, girl, I applaud, <laughs> I applaud you for doing that because I'll be so scared. I mean, I'm sure you were scared, but you were still going to do it, you know? Either way, I'm like very hard headed in that way. <laughs> but yeah, so we packed my car up, we drove there, and before we even hit the two week mark, she was out. And I had a decision to make. I either stay or I go. And if I go, it's like I have to drive my car back. So I'm on this single road trip alone now. So I stay and I figure it out. And maybe a few weeks after being in LA, um, I don't know if you know the blog Exo Nicole. No. But um, it used to be Nicole Bitchy. It used to be more of a like a, a gossip blog, but then she tra- she changed the route she was going with it and she made it into more of a women's empowerment blog and like a pos- something positive. Okay. So right when I got to LA, they interviewed me just about my journey and like it was more of a story about like how Tyra scouted me on Instagram and like just what i'm up to now i wonder and, if that's the that's the blog that i found one time that it, it, it t- told your story about tyra and it told your story about how moving to la and like your friend leaving you because i i was like researching about you but it was like a while ago and that blog okay excellent Nicole. so that article came out and you know it 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 got it went viral like tyra posted it on all her social platforms um they posted it on their social platforms, a few friends. I, you know, it went viral and a girl from like the East Coast, she saw it and she reached out to me and I went to meet her for drinks. And like, I was just, tell- we were just talking. Mm-hmm. Like I was thankful to know somebody, like meet someone else in California. Like I'm alone, I'm this young girl alone. So mm-hmm. it was nice, like we were able to talk and have real conversations. And like, I was explaining to her my living situation because at the time I was still, 
technically an employee of Marriott. So I was still using my Marriott discount and that's how I was like having shelter. So wherever there was a discount, that's where I would drive to sleep that night, basically. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, she's like, oh, my friend just bought this condo and I think she's renting out a room. And it just like kind of all fell into place. And I started renting this room in North Hollywood from, you know, a friend of this girl I met randomly from this article she read about me because she thought I was inspiring. So like Aww. things just kind of fell into place. I'm not saying like it wasn't hard and like I went through so much things like, you know, like typical things. Like I, I still didn't have money. So I'm struggling there. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to open casting calls. No one's accepting me. Mm -hmm. um, my car gets repoed. I get a bunch of parking tickets. Like anything that you can imagine that was thrown at me in LA got thrown at me in LA mm -hmm. and there was nights I cried there was nights I slept in my car before it got repoed like then I I got a hosting job and I started making more money and like the company I was hosting for as a restaurant host it was a very big like LA like um hospitality group mm -hmm. so like I met a lot of like important people that would come in like it was just a good networking thing like okay. It was a good side hustle. And then I also knew that like modeling was the number one priority. So I needed to have a job that was at night okay, after yeah. five o'clock, after six o'clock, because I need my days open for whatever castings. But I was on before in agency, I was on LACasting.com submitting myself, wake up every morning, like clockwork, scroll down everything submit, that there's. Submit, and I'm like, yep, submit, 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 submit. Like, it's really a hustle when you're not signed and you got to like, you're the only person that's going to vouch for you. So you got to, you got to do all the work. Mm -hmm. So over the course of like that first year and a half, everything going down, homeless, car situation, money, subletting here and there, like I finally, finally got signed after a year and a half of being in LA and I signed to Wilhelmina, yeah. which was like a huge deal for me because when I was like going to open casting calls there, they were always kind of like interested, but not really like fully committed. Yeah. yeah. So it was just never a yes. And then because of the job I had working in nightlife, mm -hmm. one of the promoters that I ended up being friends with, like it was so random one day, like he just invited me out to this Adidas event. Mm -hmm. And I was like, sure, why not? And I had work that night, but I went before work and I was just there with him hanging out and a scout from Wilhelmina came up to me and she's like, Hey, like, are you signed? And I was just like, no, she's like, Oh, I'm a scout. My name's Vivian. I'm a scout with Wilhelmina. Um, I love your look. She gives me her card and everything. And I'm like, this is crazy because I've literally been into Wilhelmina so many times. And now I'm just like doing me, you know, not even like trying. trying, just being myself and I get scouted. So like, I technically, I did get scouted technically, oh but it wasn't, I don't know how. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. how many how many times did you try for that? Like, say like a year and a half. How many times did you try? Like, how I many times did you attend the Wilhelmina open call until Wilhelmina specifically three times? Um, but I went to other agencies. I went to LA Models. I went to at the time it was Bella Agency. Yeah. Um, but now they're state management, I believe. Um, I went to them. I went to like anything you can. Anything that was agency legit. Yes. I, even before signing to Wilhelmina, I did sign like this guy um, messaged me via LA casting mm -hmm. and 
it was kind of like of a scam in a way because he wasn't very professional but like I did work like a job or two with him but like I don't think I ever saw the money for it Mm. yeah through LA casting he like yeah so you just have to be careful with those kind of people because you don't really know his office changed and I was just like what is going on here but it was more of a talent agency versus like a Wilhelmina strict modeling agency Mm -hmm. so Basically, after getting scouted that night, Wilhelmina brings me in a few times, like even after being scouted and going in for the meetings, mm-hmm. they wanted to, I went into meetings three times before they actually signed me. They wanted to see my natural hair then they wanted to see my hair with a wig on or like straight or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then they wanted to like meet, have me meet the team. And then they finally signed me. And I was just like, like I cried. I made a like I made a cute little jingle that day. I remember because one of my friends was with me when I signed, and I was just like, "I'm a Willy girl in the Willy world." Like it was just really like I was happy. Like it was just like a milestone that I finally yeah. achieved. Just like wow, it happened. Um, so that's like my LA story, and you know, shortly after signing with them, I signed with them in like November of twenty. Sheesh, twenty. 2017 I want to say so from the moment that you so you started thinking about modeling around like 15 right mm-hmm. so and that you, was and you actually actively started trying and working towards it by 18 so between yes. 18 and the time that you signed with Wilhelmina how long passed how many years between 18 and about the time I signed I think it was like four or five years because I I'm in college at 18, auditioning for Top Model and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I ce- When I was in LA, I celebrated my 20s. I, okay, let me do the math. One second, I got to back check. I'm yeah. 27. I had a birthday just now. I was 26. I had two birthdays. I think I was 22 or 23. So between, from, so it was at least four to five years. Four to five years, yeah. From the time I was in college auditioning from top, for Top Model to the time I signed with my first legit agency, four to five years. Nice. <laughs> it's a long time. Just, it's just, a lot just, of work. I just want it's a lot of um, commitment. It, you know, I just want people to hear it, you know, because I, I, you know, you all get the same messages, you know, like, hey, I tried to two agencies and I never heard back. I'm so discouraged. Like, I don't know what to do. And then, yeah. and then I'm just like, well, it's going to take you a lot more than applying to two agencies to get where you want to get. It's hard because it's like, I want to scream so, so many times all the time, like, you have to do the work. You got to do the work. But I also want to say it in such a nice way. It's like, look, I, I didn't, I didn't get to where I am by just like having someone to give me all the answers. You yeah. got to, the more work you put into it and like, yourself that's where you're going to see their results from Mm -hmm. no one can literally hand you the blueprint like it's you know what I mean you have to create your own because it's different for everybody yeah exactly exactly so after you sign with Wilhelmina what happened next okay so I signed to Wilhelmina and a couple months later I think it was like the holiday season so like come January I start working which is nice I had like one or two jobs with them and then it was slow for a bit I'm like, okay, but that's, that's how it is. Yeah. You have to be pushing the market. You have, to, they have to know, the clients have to know you're there. And like, you know, you have to build your clients. You have to go to castings and you have to be casting directors. So LA. a few months went by and I wasn't working, which caused me to stress out, which caused my skin to break out. Mm-hmm. 
a lot. So like come like a few months later, four or five months later, when I really started booking these beauty jobs and things like that, now my skin is a mess. And I'm just like, wow, like, how is this happening to me? Mm-hmm. And like, I remember my agent literally said to me, like, they can't even send me out with the way my skin looked. And like, really? no, it was bad. It was bad. Like I have, I don't know if you've ever seen like my skin journey pictures when I post here and them here and there, but like, I had just so much texture on my skin and it was just, it was really bad. So I started one of the girls at Wilhelmina that I became friends with, mm-hmm. she recommended me to her facialist. So I was like, I don't care what it costs. Like, I gotta, I gotta get this done. And I started getting facials and like, you can see immediate results after like 30 days. Like Mm -hmm. you see the progress of my skin. And from there, like I was just working. It was, it was fine. Like I fixed, there's a problem. I got, I find a way to fix it. And that's just always how, that's how I've always been basically. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it was like a good first year with Wilhelmina. And then I, I was still working at my job by the way. Okay. So I didn't have the finances to be like, okay, I can quit this job now. I'm full modeling. Nope. Mm-hmm. It was always, I'm a model, but I, I got to pay my bills. Yeah. Yeah. So then maybe like a year after being with Wilhelmina, I, you know, work was really good in LA. Like I was really building a clientele, but then I just, I always just want more. Like I'm like, okay, I'm done here. And I was going to, I'm from New Jersey. So like coming home to the East coast is like, it's something that I have to do. So I was like, you know what? My friend was like, let's go to New York Fashion Week. Not that we had like events or anything to go to. It was just more about being in New York for Fashion Week. Okay. So we went and I asked my agent at Wilhelmina because I signed a mother agent contract with Wilhelmina. So although they are a big agency, they offered me a mother agency contract. So they are my mother agent. Mm-hmm. So their job is to place me in Southern Market. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to New York. Can you guys reach out to some agencies and try to set some meetings up for me? And they did, but the only agency that wanted to see me was Wilhelmina, New York. And that was a given because I'm already with the network. So mm-hmm. I flew to New York, had the meeting, and no, the feedback was she is too short for the New York City market. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. To me, I didn't take it like that. I was like, okay, let me go back to LA get some more clients under my belt, work there. And six months later, I'll ask you guys again to set up some meetings. So that's exactly what I did. Turns out one of my friends was having a baby and she had a baby shower almost six months later. And I was like, you know what? I'm going back to New York, guys. I have this going on. Can you guys try try to set some more meetings up? And at the time, the agent that was representing me, her response to me was, you know, babe, like we just tried this. You heard what the feedback was last time that you were too short for the market, like very discouraging. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I remember they said that, but like, can we still try again? Like, thank you. Yeah, uh-huh. And You know, they set some meetings up for me. And at that time, I think I had maybe three or four meetings, mm-hmm. which is better than one. And even Wilhelmina in New York wanted to see me again, which was odd to me because I'm like, you guys just said I too short. Yeah. So go back do the meetings and I met with women 360 management Mm -hmm. and all the um, agents under that um, office, which is also Supreme and women management. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I met with state management. I met with 1.1 New York city Mm -hmm. and that was it. I believe IMG said that they would be a disservice to me. And I think the lion just passed and DNA passed. 
So I was happy that I got like four meetings. So mm-hmm. I went to them, did great, um, fly back to LA the next day and I just wait for the week. And then like by the end of that week, I get like a call saying that like 360 wants to sign me and I'm like crying and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, yes, I'm signing in New York. Like New York, like New York, moving to LA. Was a stepping stone for New York. Was literally a stepping stone for New York. I only left because I'm from the East Coast. So like, obviously if I can, if I could have just gotten straight into New York, I would have just been in New York, but yeah. you know, the criteria is different. So the reason I moved to LA was like, you know what? It's a little bit more commercial. Let me just, get my foot in the door over there, figure it out, and then, then I'll come back. So, and that's literally how it happened. I'm like, okay, I'm signing. And at the time it was just like, mind you, I like just got like settled in LA. Like I just got my own little studio. Like it was in the middle of being furnished. Like I was just finally feeling like, wow, I did this. I conquered LA. I, I'm, I'm, I'm making it something, making something for myself here. Yeah. And then I get signed and I'm like, well, no, cancel that lease. I sell my couch and, you know, 360 is saying, yeah, we want her to come in like April, May. And I'm like, all right. And at first it was only supposed to be three months. So I was like, okay, cool. Cause that's like the proper time you need to be in a market for them to be like, okay, people know who you are. Yeah. And I was like, okay. So I just put my stuff in storage, like all my clothes and took what I needed. And I went And before I got there, I actually booked my first job. It was like, I was literally working my last job in LA for Tom's. Uh And then my new agent from New York is calling me like, hey, can you send me some pictures of you? Um, Clinique is like interested in you for a job. And I'm like, Clinique, (laughs) like what? You know what I mean? Like what? So like I send the pictures and like, I think that same day I got confirmed. And I was like, this is like crazy. So like I was already going to New York with like, like a huge client like like what and so yeah I I I fly I have a little going away party I fly to New York and thankfully like one of my high school friends she had a friend in college who was subletting her room Mm -hmm. so I just like subletted for a little bit and figured it out and I worked that that first week I got to New York I worked my first job for Clinique and literally I got off set and two hours later, my agent's calling me like, Hey, Clinique wants to book you again. You're going to be working like a week and a half with them again. I'm like, that's amazing. You know, like, I'm like, like, this is really, I, I was just on such a high horse that first week in LA, in New York, just like walking around. Like, I just remember how happy I was just yeah. being here, the environment and the atmosphere. You were like, yeah. I'm, I'm making it. I'm doing something. But yeah. So high horse that first week and I was just like so grateful I'm like wow and like just even going into the agency so like I do the job I go into the agency that first week we do our digitals like I meet the team mm-hmm. um just so happy I we just had that conversation about like what clients do you want to have like you know the important questions like where do you see yourself I'm like just getting on the same page and getting to know one another and yeah you know I let them know and it was just like it was just off to a really, really great start in New York. Mm-hmm. And I signed a three-year contract with Women360. So I'm actually in my third year right now. So it's so crazy that I've already been in New York for two years mm-hmm. and like signed with an incredible agency and I'm working and I, I'm a short girl, like defying all odds. Like, you know, to say that I'm a full-time model and that I can actually like pay my bills and you know and then some mm-hmm. just off of my career and all my life I've been told I've been too short to do this yes kind of like amazing it mm-hmm. really is amazing it is. 
Um, so I, I, th- I think I actually found you before I knew who you were because I was check. I always check uh, other agencies um, to see if like they are they're signing like shorter models. So I think I was checking Milk Model Management, and I think I saw you there. And that was yeah. way before I knew who you were. So you know, I was just like scrolling, and I was like, "Hey, this model is petite, and she's with Milk." And then you know, I I I passed and whatever. I had no idea, you know, like it was you. And then a while after, I I found you. How did I found you? Well, I found you, and then I clicked it. So. How did you get to milk model management? Because uh, that's that's in London. <laughs> Again, that's me just always wanting more and just wanting like not being. I mean, it's not even that I'm not patient. It's just like I'm always like, okay, what's next? What's next? Mm-hmm. What's next? So now you know I'm in I'm in New York and I'm like, okay, well now I'm going to be an international model. Like I can get signed in London. Mm-hmm. So I reached out to Wilhelmina because they're my mother and I'm like, hey, like um, my one of my really good friends, Tashi, she was in London because she signed with Storm. Mm-hmm. So she was spending some time there. So I've never been. So I was like, hey, I'm just going to meet you out there and like hang out with you. So like I I literally was only going to London to visit my girl Tashi while she was spending like two months there. Mm-hmm. And I tell Wilmina, hey, I'm going to London. Can you guys set some meetings up while I'm in London? Mm-hmm. And they did. Mm-hmm. And I saw Milk. I saw Wilmina London. I saw a few agencies. I forgot all of them. But mm-hmm. Milk literally signed me on the spot. And mm-hmm. no other agency there in London offered me a contract. So I was like, okay, I'm going with Milk. Like, yeah. why not? Like, mm-hmm. so Milk is like, perfect we'd love to have her in like January or whatever so a couple months later now I'm in London and I, I leave I'm still based out of New York but I'm like I'm gonna go spend three months in London now. yeah so I, I went to London spent three months with milk unfortunately it wasn't as great as New York went okay which is fine like you have your it ups happens. you have your downs yeah. and you have those markets that work for you and that don't work for you and timing is also everything so mm-hmm. maybe I think it was just bad timing so I didn't work much in London and maybe almost a year ago now, Milk actually dropped me. They were like, oh, you know, okay. yeah, they dropped me. Um, was it was it because they were not being able to like book you a lot of stuff? Yeah, I mean, they didn't really say why. Um, they just said that they were cleaning up the board, which is more, more than enough good reason for me because it's not like options were coming in for me. Mm-hmm. You know, so like there's no love lost there. I just, it didn't work with me and Milk. And that's fine. It's not always going to work with any agency you sign. I'd rather not be signed in the London market and then be able to have opportunities still versus being signed and sitting on a board and not working. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I can still say that I was, I did work a little bit. I worked for Topshop there for nice. their petite um, e-com. So mm-hmm. like I did some things there that I'm like really happy about. Yeah. Um, and I got the chance to like live in London and I made, met great people from it. I have like two friends that were my roommates there that one's from Norway, one's um, from Australia and we still keep in contact. So sometimes just because you don't have like that, the best modeling experience, you still have really good life experiences. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I I um, I think any experience in terms of like modeling is a good, good experience. Like even if you don't make the money, even if you don't get signed, even if you don't book the job, like whatever you did, is gonna help you, you know. It's gonna make be make you like feel a little bit more confidence, or it's gonna prepare you for the next step. Like it's always a good thing, even if you don't get exactly what you wanted. 
they're little stepping stones. Like I'm still learning and like learning angles and like how to pose correctly for my body. Like mm-hmm. it's a learning process. It's always, you're always going to be learning. It's always something new. And I think that's the beauty of it. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like you don't stay the same or the actual, like you, I guess, you know, we transform. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, is Wilhelmina still your mother agent or do you no. switch? <laughs> No, <laughs> I've gone through a lot in the last few years, a lot of business decisions, mm-hmm. because we have to remember it is a business at the end of the day, yeah. as much as it's like glitz and glam, it's a business. And like, you kind of have to make the right choices for yourself. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I just felt like Wilhelmina as a mother agent wasn't really doing what I needed for them because now I'm in, I'm in the industry for a few years. I have friends who have like you know, mother agents that are like one person and then how they really focus on the girls and like those things. And I, I felt like I wasn't, Wilmina yeah. and I didn't have that mother agent relationship. Yeah. It was, they were my, they were my big agency, my LA agency yeah. and you know, nothing against them. But like after moving to New York, like I wasn't working in the LA market, mm. which is fine. I'm not in the LA market, but it was just those little things. It's just like, you know, all right, I think I need to move on from this. It was great while it happened, mm-hmm. and I ended my contract with them. Like, everything, even, like, being a model for them. Yeah, mm-hmm. everything, because I, I re-signed, and I let them know, like, we had the conversation. It's just so important to have conversations, even if it makes you or them feel uncomfortable, but I just had the conversation, like, look, I don't think it's working out. I'm not sure I want to sign on for two more years. Um I I can agree to one, but I can't give you guys two years right now Mm -hmm. based off of X, Y, and Z. I had everything to back it up, you know, Mm -hmm. and they, they didn't agree with that, but they also didn't, they don't believe in holding models in their contracts. Mm -hmm. So we agreed upon, you know, let's see how it goes the next few months. If I'm not feeling it still, then we can peacefully depart. Mm -hmm. And I still wasn't feeling it. So we peacefully departed. Um, there was just a few instances where I didn't, I felt like they didn't have my back in the way I needed them to have my back yeah. as a mother agent. So mm-hmm. yeah, no love lost. And then, you know, I did my research on what a mother agent should be doing. Like I have friends who have amazing mother agents and the market that they get placed in and how their mother agent really vouches for them. And, yeah. you know, I didn't have that for a, a few months and mm-hmm. I'm just at women 360 now they're now I went from having a London agency, a LA agency and a New York agency to one agency. Yeah. And that's, I'm only signed in one market right now, okay. just New York. So dealing with that was like really hard because it's like, wow, like, you know, those are all your streams of different income that are now possibly stopped. So, you know, you get into your head and you make things up and you work yourself up, but you were saying- um, eventually I reached out to a few mother agents and one of my good friends is doing really, really well. And she's like, you know, you should send to my mother agent. And like, she, she sent him some of my things and he's like, yeah, I love to set up a meeting with her. And we set the meeting up. He loved me like instantly. And, you know, I've been repped by him, I think in, since September now, so almost a year. Oh, so and technically. Yeah. Awesome. He's been doing like, he's gotten meetings. He's placed, well, he's gotten me meetings in LA market. He's been pitching me to other global markets. He's the one who sent me to Korea. Okay. Um, that, that's that's going to be my next question. <laughs> go, go to the next question. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so you went to Korea. Yes. 
So I want to know, like, how was that thought process for you? Like, did you make the choice? Was your, your mother agent that advice to do that? Um, and overall, how was the experience? Okay, so I didn't make the choice. No, I, I trust my mother agent in his judgment and his knowledge of the industry. Mm -hmm. And he said, Basically, when we met, it was more like, okay, this is what I'm doing. This is the money I'm making, but this is also what I want to do. And I want to do, uh, I wanted to also do fashion. So he saw me as that fashion girl too. And he's like, okay, let's prove a point. You're not too short. We can do, you know, you can pose like this and this and this, like teaching me, not giving me a lot of knowledge. He goes, you know what? We, we got to get you to Korea. You know why? Because their productions are amazing. They have amazing artists. You can get some high fashion tests in your book. Hopefully we can get like a Vogue a Vogue Korea or something like that. He just had a vision and a plan yeah. and I was with it. And I was like, okay, Korea, cool. Like never been there, but I'm down to do it. Like it's, it's a life experience. Like I got part of the reason I love modeling is because I always wanted to travel. So mm -hmm. it makes it like easier. Like I can travel for my job. Great. So that's why I went to Korea. Um, the thought process of going I wasn't like scared or anything. I knew it was like such a foreign country and a whole different continent. Never been to Asia. Like they don't speak my language. I don't speak their language. So it was just going to be a learning process and something that I was open to. Like, mm -hmm. why not? It's going to make me a better person at the end of it. Yeah. So I went, um, the agency I was with in Korea was Ever Models. Mm -hmm. And I was supposed to be there on a 65 day contract, but COVID <laughs> happened. Oh yeah. yeah. I remember so, that. I was there for about two and a half weeks before having to leave, like, because I didn't know if I would, like, get shut out of the country mm -hmm. or what the case was. So I had to make the decision to leave mm -hmm. or I probably would have been stuck for a while there. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But getting there and arriving there, like, of course, I'm, like, one of the only Black girls. Mm -hmm. Like, actually, I was the only Black girl. not one of the only. I was the only Black girl. Mm -hmm. um, definitely, like, a culture shock. But like the agency was belt welcoming, but they took my measurements like day two, mm -hmm. height, weight, bust, hips, waist, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And my, my measurements that my mother agency sent them as far as my height did not measure up to what they measured me as. Mm -hmm. It was about like a centimeter off, a centi two centimeters off, which is like not even really an inch, I think. Yeah. But they were like making a really big deal about it. Like, you know, he didn't tell us you were this short and we're going to send you home if you don't book a job in two weeks. And like day, that day I cried. I'm just like, I literally cried at the agency. You know, I just, I get off this 13 hour flight and I'm so excited to be in this new place and I'm being told I'm too short. And it, for me, it was like, wow, like I have all these things under my belt, yeah. all these jobs and clients that I have. And I've been working so hard for all these years and I go to a market and they're still telling me to my face that I'm too short to do this. Oh my God. And it was just like, you know, you, we have our down moments and that's okay. And I had a few down moments in Korea. Korea was like a lot of down moments actually, because the way the casting worked there it was we go to group castings mm -hmm. if you're selected and then like they're speaking in Korean and you don't know what they're saying and then it's like okay you 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 change and like they would never that first week I would have like seven eight castings a day oh, really? and I didn't understand why I would be at these castings but then they didn't want to take a picture of me or see me in their clothes I was just so like 
I think it happened like three or four times in a row in one day. And I was just like, so over it. And I was just like, my, it messed my confidence up so much. I was just like, what am I like? I was just, it was sad. It was sad that first week and a half, like that first 10 days in Korea was sad for me. Like just even like living in a model apartment, never did that before. Mm -hmm. Um, Cause I'm used to having my own space. I've worked so hard to like, Lit, I, I think oh, I just yeah. moved into my apartment in like January before yeah going I remember that. that I was like you guys I just moved and then I hear and then I see again your story like a few days later guys I'm going to Korea and I was just like she just literally moved to her new place and she's leaving literally so like I felt like I worked so hard to have what I have now mm-hmm. and then I come to Korea and I'm just being treated like I didn't work this hard and like, I'm like I can be home my beautiful apartment that I paid too much money for in New York like but I'm home I'm in this apartment that's filthy with all these girls who you know everyone's different like yeah I, eventually we opened up to each other but I was also the oldest person there like uh, all yeah. the girls were 14 15 16 really? 17 18 like and I'm a 26 year old girl who's like you know, it, it gets a sense of like, you know, I felt lost. It's like, well, am I supposed to be here? Like, is this really like part of my journey? Like, am I supposed to be in Korea? So yeah, love Korea. I wish I could have stayed and finished out my contract because I did, by the way, I ended up booking a job the second week and like that client booked me three times that week. Uh-huh. And like I had, I booked a, um, was it? Adidas, not Adidas, like a Puma campaign, I think. Okay. But then I left. I chose to leave before the campaign shop because they mm-hmm. they changed the date of it. And I was like, I don't feel comfortable. I have to go because like the numbers are just, the COVID numbers were going yeah, up and yeah, up and up. Yeah. So I just left and I didn't do the campaign, but I left Korea making zero money. It was all an investment. I mm-hmm. Every dollar that the agency invested in me for my flight, my visa, all that stuff, the three jobs that I worked there literally covered that. So oh. I left with no money. Um, so it, I, I hate to say loss. It wasn't a loss because I've learned much, a lot of things, but I didn't leave with money. And it was only like, I spent a lot of money in two and a half weeks of just being there. Cause you know, a flight to Korea, you're paying $3,000 round trip almost. Like it's yeah. expensive. Yeah. Um, and then you have to pay for the model apartment cause also like really expensive over her, like even more expensive than just like getting your regular place. They charge you for your, the model apartment. Um, they charge you for transportation. Um, they charge you, they give you money weekly. I don't know if this is all agencies because they didn't do this in London, but like they give you money weekly, which is just goes on your account so you can buy your groceries and everything. Mm-hmm. But once you start working, all that money, they take it from your checks. So mm-hmm. you don't really make anything. And they take 40%. 40. Yeah, so it's like, even if you make something, they still make more than you. So it's a very, it's a different market. Mm -hmm. So like, if I was able to get like a few tear sheets and like some great fashion images, I would have been so thankful, but I didn't. Oh, Um, because it was so quick. But they did say that um, I'm lovely and that they would always have me back. So maybe in the future, but I don't know. We'll see. So they changed their mind about you being too short after all? Right, after all. Too short for what? Yeah. (laughs) basically that's awesome uh yeah and i like i i guess touching base into the whole like the agency paying for you and then taking out of your check because i um i know sometimes models choose to pay it on their own from their pocket because they don't want to own the agency so Mm -hmm. for like i guess for korea you chose for the agency to pay for you and then take it out of your check 
like yeah um or you didn't choose that and that's just the way that it happened or like how i, I didn't happened. really choose it but like i don't i'd rather them like if I, the thing is like i went there on a guarantee so like in this those 65 in the 65 days that i'm supposed to be in korea mm-hmm. i'm guaranteed x amount of money no matter what so i can as long as I finish the 65 days, they have to pay me that money that they guaranteed me. Mm-hmm. Or if I work over that amount, then that's when, you know, it comes out of my check. So like being that I already had a guarantee, I didn't want to invest my own like out of my bank money okay. to like pay for the flight and things like that. Mm-hmm. Had I known the mo- what the model apartment situation was like, I would have planned accordingly and I, I would have definitely looked into Airbnbs prior to um if i ever went back i would definitely negotiate the transportation because i think that's a ripoff um Mm -hmm. how much we pay in transportation versus like because they drive us to our all of our castings but i there's a very great metro there and i'm you know i can learn that and i'd rather pay a dollar for something than pay x amount a week for transportation when everything's super close Mm -hmm. so there's things i would negotiate in and out of my contract if i did it again Okay, that's that's really interesting. I've never heard of uh, getting a, a really short contract with an agency and then doing that. Like, I've never heard of that. I think it's like the, I don't know if it's other markets, but for sure, like the Asian market, Beijing, they do that. Um, Korea, um, where, um, what's the other city in China? Um, but basically the Asian market, they do that. Mm, so, yeah. Okay, had no idea. But when you went to London and you stayed there, how was that experience in terms of like you paying for your flight, your stay and all that stuff? London was the same thing. They, they bought the flight. They, the stay was, um, they basically set up milk bottle management specifically. They have landlords that they work with mm-hmm. in London and they rent their extra rooms out to models at the agency. So the agency still paid the landlords every week and it would just go on my account. And then I also left with zero money from London. I think they owe me a little bit, but like, it wasn't something that it was like maybe 90 pounds, hundred or something dollars. And I was just like, I wasn't going to stress it. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, everything goes through the agency and it goes on my statement. When I work, they take the money, same thing. Got it. But I think you can always work out that you want to pay for yourself. Like it's something that can always be worked out. You don't have to, but you also sometimes just don't want to spend your money because like, it's not if you leave in debt you don't really owe it technically Mm -hmm. depending on the agency in your contract because if i would have left with owing um my korea agency Uh i wouldn't have owed anything to them because i was supposed to be guaranteed something with london it was different i probably would have had a negative statement on my balance and anytime i did work they would just take finally take it all so Mm -hmm. sometimes the agency has to just take the loss and sometimes they take the win interesting yeah Cause like so far in like the the podcast, like I've had like other like models, including like Eliana. Um, uh-huh. So I've asked them. I always like to ask that question, you know, because I want you know to inform models. So yeah, they they have said um, for their for like their experience that they pay out of their pocket for like everything. They the agency hasn't like paid for them, and then they pay the agency. Yeah, I mean, I think it's different for everyone. I've never. I rather just them. Yeah, no, no. I'm no. just saying, like, yeah. like it, it's really nice to hear, like, other experiences so people know. 
Yeah. You know. But if you're confident that you'll work in a market like I think like no agency is going to bring you somewhere if they're not even confident that you're going to work at least one or two jobs to pay them back, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's great that if you can afford it, but you might not make it back then. And then you you're just it's your loss versus their loss. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just experience and what what you prefer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But like, you know, when I bought my ticket to London for meeting agencies, that was an investment in myself. Like certain mm-hmm. things you invest in certain things you let them invest <laughs> yeah no for sure I think, I think it also depends on like the type of agency how big it is and things like that because some agencies uh can't do that or they're not really thinking of doing that with you you know like in something right. like you're the one that has to take the, the investment and say like okay i am going to buy the flight and going to pay for the rent and check that market out and see what happens you, yeah and you also have to look at like the time like The, this is me telling you that I'm spending time in these markets. This is like 65 days to three months in these markets. Some girls aren't spending that much time. They might spend a week or two. So it's like, okay, yeah, I'll buy my flight there. Mm-hmm. And they also have job jobs lined up. So it's a different situation for everybody. Yeah, 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 yeah. I uh, interviewed um, Miriam, like she's me's uh, University of Germany. And, Germany, yeah. Yeah, and then she got signed in London. And before she even got to London, She had already like three jobs booked or something like that. And she she paid everything out of her pocket. But obviously those jobs help her. Like Right. Yeah. When when you know you have jobs coming, you might as well just pay it for you. Yeah. yeah. It's like, cool, I got this. Because that way you get all your money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then like also when they book your flight and everything, they're not booking the best flight for you, the cheapest flight. They're, you know, they're not, they're just looking at a flight because they give it to their travel agency. Uh-huh. Their travel agency books whatever. And then they also charge you like a percentage. Mm. So they, yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've heard, I can't remember who it was that said this, but yeah, I've heard that when an agency buys you a plane ticket, it's not like the best seat no. or the best ticket that you get. You're just getting whatever you're just getting there yeah yeah, yeah. Like the whole point unless you like say hey i want a window seat or hey i need to sit in a main cabin like unless you specify these things they're not going to be like x y and z they're just going to give you whatever uh-huh. yeah yeah so now <laughs> that you've had like all the experience and you're like based in new york and with women 360 what are usually the type of jobs that you do a lot of beauty jobs mm-hmm. like Yeah, I mean, I saw you on Cover Girl today, and I'm so happy for you. So happy. Thank you, girl. I I did, like, I feel like I've almost worked with every beauty client, except for maybe, like, Estee Lauder and L'Oreal. Like, I've worked for Cover Girl. I've worked for Maybelline. I've worked for Urban Decay. I've worked for Clinique. I've worked for Becca. I've worked for Benefit. I've worked for, like, just so many. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm just, like, When am I gonna get, when am I gonna get a contract from one of these people? <laughs> That's like my next thought. That's my next thought process. But I'm a beauty girl, and I w- honestly I wouldn't change it for the world because a lot of people think, oh, fashion this, fashion that, and I also used to think fashion this, fashion that, and I only wanted to do fashion because that's like what all the cool girls were doing. But beauty, commercial, and that that um that that lane yeah. is where you're making your money and exactly. You can be just as successful as a fashion girl. Like, don't the industry makes it seem like these fashion girls are making all the money, and some of them, yes, they are. But some, but that money is commercial clients and beauty clients. I'm sorry, I wouldn't change it for the world. I wish I 
I would love to shoot for clients like Gap and, you know, Banana Republic. So like, those are definitely at the top of my list. Um, I did a shoot for Abercrombie the other day. Um, Thank you. At home too. So it was nice. Um, but I do a lot of beauty. I'm a beauty girl and I, I'm not mad to say it. I'm happy to say yeah, it. Yeah, no, I, I love, I love beauty. And the same as you, like I thought like fashion, 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 like that's what I want. And like, if it's not that, then I'm not going to make it or whatever. And then you start, you know, doing your research and actually experiencing how much it pays and all that stuff and talking to different agents. And you realize that, well, I mean, the commercial world is a really big fish, as big as the fashion world you know and i i think like we need to like teach people to not think that modeling equals fashion and if you don't have the fashion then you're not a model and it's i think we have a lot of work to do with that still in the industry because it's like for for somebody who a lot does a lot of beauty i do a lot of beauty but to in order to for me to get a beauty contract these clients, these, those types of clients want to see you doing fashion things as well. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I can do this so well, but you're still going to give it to the fashion girl because she's been in Vogue or she's been in this. And it, yeah. you know, we, we got to work twice as hard. It, it's a difficult, it's a difficult thing. because It's a love hate thing. It's yeah. like, I know I can do this. Why aren't you guys letting me do this? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's oh. true because I, I took uh, Coco Rocha's uh, model camp and she was saying how the the editorial work, like being on Vogue and those, those type of like fashion work doesn't really pay that well or at all. But she at, does, or at all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But she does it because if she if she's doing really well with commercial, but then they kind of like don't really like kind of like forget about her because they haven't seen her on like Vogue or like a big magazine. So then she has to do that type of like free or lower pay work so that she can get the bigger commercial work that pays more. So it's very yeah. it's very interesting that you do like the free lower pay work to be able to actually get the commercial work that yeah. nobody really talks about. Nobody like praises as much as fashion. So I think it's just like. I think just people need to learn more and we just need to put more information out there like hey if you're not doing fashion you're not like not successful you know like it's fine like commercial pays a lot of money (laughs) like a lot a lot of money yeah econ pays a lot of money you just gotta be a specific model to want to only do econ like econ is tough I've heard five days a week like it's tough I've heard it's like, so I don't know. I've called e-com models, but they make money. These girls buy houses off of e-com doing them five, doing it five days a week. So good for them. Like, yeah, I've heard that yeah. you, you can even get paid like a thousand dollars for one day of econ. And then if you do it like five days a week and you're doing it constantly with the same client, like that's great money. You can literally off of, if you do econ five days a week, you can make at least like seven to $8,000 in that week. Like, oh, sign me up. <laughs> great. Like, that the average person is making eight thousand dollars a week you know yeah although like you got to think about it we're also not getting taxed on this money so take about 30 percent off of that so then if you you do it the real way and you include taxes and all those things and yeah, yeah we are making what the average person it's just a lot less it's just easy money yeah. i guess but it's yeah. still hard it's, it's, on our bodies and everything on our eyes the flash 
it's a lot. And getting to the point that you actually book those jobs because you didn't start today and then tomorrow you're getting paid $5,000 a week. Obviously, that doesn't happen. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so there's so many different lanes, but, you know, I don't think you need to necessarily put yourself into a lane. Like, just do what you do. And if you want to work with certain clients, write those clients down and just have those conversations with your bookers. Yeah, exactly. I like somebody asked me the other day, like, uh, what is it he asked? Yes, kind of like, what do I need to do to like be able to like, you know, be a professional model and get where I want to get if I am? I think she said she was like five, four or something like that or like five, two. And I told her, do as if you were five, nine. Just act the same way, you know, work on your portfolio as if you were five, nine, submit to agencies as if you were five, nine, do the exact same things. I mean, the worst yeah. that can happen is that you don't get exactly like the fashion jobs, but you'll get pretty far with maybe like yeah. beauty and commercial. I mean, working for Target is like a great client. and That's a great client to have. Like, I don't see anything wrong with that. Like just to see yourself in a Target commercial or in Target is like an amazing thing. Like anytime I see myself, I'm happy. I'm like, wow, like, look, I did this. Yeah. You know, it's just another milestone in your career. Mm -hmm. So now I want to talk about your movement to short for what? <laughs> so maybe like a little bit about like how you started, like the, like the slogan of it and then like what you hope to achieve with it. Like, People that don't know about Too Short For What, like what would you tell them about it? Okay, so Too Short For What was birthed, literally me prepping myself for New York City meetings the second time around. Mm -hmm. And a couple, I was in LA and two of my girlfriends were over and I'm just like, guys, I'm so excited about these meetings. I'm nervous. Like, I, like what am I going to tell these people? Like, I need to set myself apart from all the other girls. Like, why are they going to like Dom? Like, why are they going to like me? And then like, we were just having this conversation. I was like, I've been doing this for so many long and I've always been told I was like too short. And then I was like, well, too short for what? And then my friend's like, yo, that's it. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. <laughs> too short for what? And we were, it was just like that moment where we were like, Ooh, like we like, we literally just birthed this thing. And it was like, it just was happening off of a conversation about me just being like super frustrated about what I've gone through and why I'm not where I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. So that's how too short for what was birth. But it's just, it's literally my life. It's, it's too short for what? Why are you guys telling me I'm too short? Yeah. What am I too short for? Mm -hmm. Like too short to model sunglasses and use my face. Like it's a legit question. So it turned for me, it just turned into more of an empowering thing. Like, I want to use this statement to empower other girls like myself because I didn't have somebody to say like, guys, look, you guys can still do this. You can be short. Yes, there was Kate Moss. Yes, there's a few other shorter models, but there was nothing like, they were always the exception, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah, I, exactly. The Too Short For What movement is a movement that I, I'm really passionate about and I want other shorter models, petite models to know that they can do exactly what I'm doing. You just have to keep going and like, don't let anybody tell you you're too blank for anything. It's like mm -hmm. such a broad thing. It goes for like a little girl who wants to be an engineer, an architect, a coder. Like, don't let anybody tell you you're less than. That, yeah. And that's really just, if you break it down, it's for everyone. Like me specifically, yes, it's modeling. And what I can talk about to pertain to my life and my journey is modeling and how I was always told I was too short, but I did it anyway. So yeah. it's like, do it anyway. Mm -hmm. But 
it can also go for the person that who wants to sing and be a musician and someone's telling her that she's too blank for this. So yeah. it's just like, don't let anybody tell you that. Take your power back. Yeah. Take it. What's short? You know what I mean? Short yeah. is not positive for me. Mm-hmm. You know? And then it's, it's just simple fact. It's also like, if you really break it down, like the average size women in America, they're five, four, exactly. they're petite. So why isn't the fashion industry portraying that? Like, yeah. I'm not just saying it. I can break it down to facts too. You know, it's a real thing. So exactly, and it's not uh, even. It's not even like, um, I don't like. It's not even just like okay, like it's a beauty idea, whatever. It's just like when we shop. Like I'm sure it happens to you too, and any other girls. Like when you shop and you want to shop for a dress or some pants, if they don't have a petite like section on the store, it's not gonna fit you. Not gonna fit. You know, it's, it's too long. The sleeves are too long. The the hemlines are too long. So it's like, why? Who are you guys making clothes for? Yeah, exactly. you can't just make clothes for the girls on the runway because the girls on the runway don't represent all of America. They represent a fraction of one yeah, percent of America, exactly of women in America. So, you know, so who's buying these clothes that you guys are selling to? Why do I have to? If I invest into a piece, why do I also have to invest in getting it? tailored exactly why am i doing that yeah i mean I, and i and it's not like okay you can just like do it whatever you know but it's kind of like thinking like if if the numbers are there like if the average woman is below five four why is the clothes not made for the average woman that's really <laughs> as simple simple as you can put it it's just like why is it it there yeah. and then it's like a lot of brands now they have petite petite like um i guess lines or whatever mm -hmm. But even the models who shoot the petite, they don't show it. They don't showcase a petite model shooting yeah. in their petite clothes. It's like, how can you offer a petite size, but you can't even, like, show how it can look on somebody my size? Like, there's room for us in this industry. So, like, just let us do it. I it's know. just like the industry can have, you know, so many different lanes and so many different lanes of diversity now. But, like, it's still, like within body diversity short girls are still like height does not get talked about and i'm like y'all forget about height like yeah whenever because i read obviously before this like covid happened i always will read the um it was like diversity like analysis that they will come up after every like new year fashion week or any any like fashion week like in milan or like paris or whatever and it was a diversity um they touch on like skin color they touch on size they touch on age they touch on gender And maybe like, no, I think that was it. But it, whatever they touch on, height was never addressed. Never. It was just not a thing. Like, he, like, <laughs> like it's just height. Like, it's like we're literally overlooked. <laughs> literally overlooked. No pun intended. Like we're looked down on. Like it's just so many different things, and it's just like why? Yeah. Like all my agents are short. All you know what I mean? Like. And not, I'm saying, I'm not saying short in a bad way. It's just like, it, we're average. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. We're average. And it's just, we need more representation. And that's what Too Short For What is about. It's about empowering other girls to follow their dreams like me. Mm -hmm. Because I can't do it alone. I can speak on it how many times I want. But, like, it's not going to be real change unless, like, short girls go after their dreams and 
fight for what they want. Exactly. Like, it's not just going to be me. I'm just one person. Like, yeah, exactly. I can't do it alone. Yeah. I, I, I can empower and I can motivate and I can inspire and I can talk about my journey, but everyone's going to have to do It's a team of us that have to do it. Exactly. We have to do it. Yeah, so that's why you have your platform. Mm -hmm. I have my platform. Aliana has her platform. There's a few other platforms that have been, I've been seeing lately that it's the rise of petite women. So like, I like it. I, I'm happy that like we're taking a stand for what we believe in. I'm happy that we're fighting for our dreams. Yeah. So to end the interview, to end <laughs> the podcast, <laughs> I, I, I always like to ask uh, the guests, the models that I have um, for their advice. If, if you were talking to a aspiring model right now and she doesn't feel like she's enough, she doesn't feel like she's tall enough, pretty enough, uh, she's not skinny enough, um, her face is not perfectly clear, whatever it is that there's like an insecurity that she has that she doesn't feel enough, what would you tell her? I think to anybody dealing with that, I think you have to first pinpoint your insecurities and figure out what's making you feel that way about yourself. Acknowledge your insecurities and figure out how you can love your insecurities. Like everything stems from loving yourself and self-love. Because if you don't believe in yourself, if you don't love yourself, if you don't think the eyes that are too far apart on your face are good for you and that, you know, a Clinique will book you because they're too far apart, like, it starts inside. And, like, if you really just don't believe in yourself, like, you really won't have the power to make anyone else believe in you in a way. Mm -hmm. You know, like, yeah. you got to acknowledge self. Yeah. And what it, whatever it takes to do that, whether you have to listen to podcasts, or motivational talks or your favorite model and her talking about what she's insecure about figure it out what you have to do but it starts with self um and just love yourself and then turn those insecurities like tyra coined the term flossom mm -hmm. turn those flaws that you think you have into something awesome tell whatever like you know my for instance being short Mm -hmm. it's technically a flaw in the industry yeah we made it awesome yeah awesome. so just take that thing that you're feeling bad about and turn it into something positive and love yourself like because that's the only way you're going to get anybody to see you the way you see you if you see you as you know if you're not encouraging yourself if you see yourself in this little dim light mm -hmm. that's how people are going to view you yeah so shine a light on yourself mm -hmm. awesome i love it So thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for being on the podcast and sharing your story. I'm gonna link your uh, profile for your IG and to share for what IG on the description awesome. box if anybody wants to follow Dom and her movement. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy I get to share my story with more people. So yeah, thank you for giving me that platform. You're welcome. Awesome. I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> Awesome, girl. Have a good night, okay? Thank you.